mu namale Irena, ja mund humen Sami Gjeda, ja don Guldalat, fluen show. Welcome to the Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and on this show, today, I'm joined by my co-host Lindsay from lindsaydoeslanguages.com and later on hopefully a few more people and we talk, like always, about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning languages. This is a very odd show. <laughs> because as it so happens, yeah. I'm sat next to Lindsay. Yeah, we're in the same room. This has never happened before. Yeah, uh, no, I suppose it hasn't. We've never recorded the podcast in the same room before, mm. but we're doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because we are in lovely Ljubljana. And tomorrow is the kickoff of the Polyglot Conference, which is taking place here in Ljubljana. On Friday, there's sort of a language learning Friday. Yeah. You're talking? Yeah. I'm talking? You're talking. Yeah, we're all going to be talking, which is good because we're learning <laughs> languages. <laughs> not, not sign languages. And then the conference kicks off on Saturday. There's a few interesting talks, mm. right? Yes. And we've just spent a week traveling around sort of Croatia to prepare for... The women in language camps will t- tell you a little bit more about that later. Are you feeling pretty confident about your talk tomorrow? Yeah, I feel all right. Yeah, what yeah. are you going to be talking about? I'm talking about writing. Writing. How it's kind of this forgotten skill that we sort of think, oh yeah, I, I don't need to learn to write, I want to focus on speaking. You know, there's rightfully a lot of emphasis on, on speaking. And I realised recently that, oh, writing is pretty useful for language learning. So mm. I'm going to be talking all about that. Writing sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. Writing doesn't have to be, you know, writing an essay. True. Writing a whole story. Yeah. So Maybe it's another spot where we're sort of conditioned from school, mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you kind of, you want to fill pages and stuff like that. And writing's quite intimidating, because what are you going to write about? And we talked about writing prompts in Top Tools in the yeah. last episode. Yeah. So, yes, what an exciting talk coming up. Yeah. What are you talking about? Mindset, routine, Mm. and I'm bringing in, we've had an episode on this podcast, so if you're a podcast listener, you can play along. Uh, We had an episode that was called Seven Questions Any Language Learner Needs to Answer, and I'm going to be bringing those seven questions to the workshop. Um, They're sort of, the idea is that even if you have been learning languages for a while, there's always a chance to reconsider some things, refresh, and kind of refresh your routine that you already have and the other idea that I often talk about which is um, that languages language learning that learning process is kind of goal directed but if we just make it about that and we forget to we forget the journey we forget the routine building and habit building you sort of get lost so I'll talk about this tension Mm -hmm. between achieving and doing something every day and wanting to reach something but forever feeling frustrated and not quite good enough and yeah, hopefully that's going to come cool. together. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ljubljana. Yes. Yeah. Nice city. Lovely city. Yes. Lovely city. Lovely city. Lo- lovely city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. City of love, right? That's I think what it so. Means. I mm. think so. We found out that Slovenia has three official languages, which mm. we didn't know before. I can't remember what they are. Slovenian. Slovenian Hungarian. Hungarian. That Italian? was the surprising one. Yeah. Was it Italian? I think it might have been. Ah, uh, yeah. I think it might have been. Maybe it's in some regions of Slovenia. And it's definitely worth visiting. So if you are coming to the Polyglot Conference, we'll see you over the weekend. It's going to be really exciting. If not, we might see you at Women in Language Camp, which is happening in two weeks. And before we move on to that, we'll give a shout out to our sponsor, Ljubljana. <laughs> I sort of wrote my notes this morning. I thought, Ljubljana sounds almost like... Live Lingua doesn't really does it Ljubljana la lingua there's a, there's a, there's a lot of L's there's a lot of L's and a works. lot of love yeah so Live Lingua is the sponsor of today's episode so it's the, uh, the episode is brought to you with support from Live Lingua and as always shout out to them thank you very much Live Lingua Live Lingua is an online platform offering immersive 
online language lessons, which essentially means Skype lessons, really good Skype lessons. Their instructors are native speakers of the language that they teach. Each of them will work with you one-on-one. -on -one. And after you've taken your lesson, you get this little dashboard even telling you, you know, what they thought of your skills, what they recommend you should do. And you can kind of then get back and say, hey, I'm free on this time, set up a regular spot or work with your own schedule. And I, I tested it with Spanish, with Rocio, and really, really enjoyed it. So good thing with Lifelingua. And it's available in 11 languages. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think we went through them previously. Yeah, that rings a bell. Korean, Chinese, Arabic. French, Spanish, English. German, the classics. Italian, yeah. Portuguese. Russian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been trying to convince Lindsay to pick up some mm. Russian or to kind of get into Russian, but I'm not really getting anywhere, am I? Not quite. Not yet. Not no. yet. But you're in the market for a new language. <laughs> in the market for a new language. It's exciting. Yeah. You might find your lesson, tedious link, on... Life lingua. <laughs> yes. So if you want to try this out and get yourself a, a free lesson with an online tutor, because why not? Free lesson, right? Life lingua is inviting you guys to check out our to check out the Life lingua platform, not our platform. It's just theirs. Uh, but there is a wonderful landing page which is livelingua.com/fluent. So simple, and that's where you can sign up and you get a free trial lesson. Their method is, it's convenient, it's productive, and it's built for your specific scenario. So that could be basic grasp of a language, just sort of doubling, playing around, checking it out, going on a date, or full-on fluency, long-term relationship. So if you visit livelingua.com fluent, you can sign up for your free lesson, check them out, and that tells them that we sent you, which is good news for the Fluent Show. So today, we have a theme for this show and the way we're recording it, because it's slightly different and we're in this room sort of sat next to each other, uh, Lindsay very quietly drinking water. I'm trying my best. <laughs> we are going to bring you a conversation uh, between us, sort of a few maybe starters, prompts, uh, thoughts and uh, a little preview of what we're doing with Women in Language Camp, which you're very much invited to. 3rd of November, womeninlanguage.com. And then in the second half of the show, I'm going to take my microphone, not to the streets, but to the Polyglot Conference, and I'll ask a few people what they reckon on this topic. And we are talking about language learning friendship and having buddies who really love language learning. So, Lindsay, do you have a language learning buddy? Mm, not right now, but I have had in the past. I think we've spoken about this before on the podcast when I was first learning Korean um, I was learning at the same time as same time as Shannon from Eurolinguist and yeah it was really I found it really really helpful to have mm -hmm. someone there that was at the same stage as me and we were sort of learning alongside one another you know so we could we'd meet weekly on Skype and we'd sort of hold each other accountable and like okay what are you going to do this week and um, next week I'm going to bring for you 10 new words or I'm going to bring an explanation of oh. this particular grammar point or something and it was really helpful um, but yeah right now I don't have anything like that mm. but it's been really interesting even over this week mm. traveling together with another word nerd I guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah we had a visit to the froggy land froggy land I don't want to call it a museum froggy land Insanium museum, I okay, think. Okay, the museum. Yeah. Yes, uh, listeners, just I'll put a link in the show notes for you because I can't explain even where to start with Froggy Land. Um, Five hundred and nine taxidermied frogs. That's that's where you start with Froggy Land. That's where you start, but that's not where that's, it ends. I was going to say it probably is where it ends. Arranged in freaky and wonderful dioramas, with a lot of Croatian and English commentary. And one thing I got out of that exhibition was trying to figure out Croatian just from whatever the little descriptions were. Where it sort of says, this manager doesn't want to do work today. And then later on you see a caption that also says the word work and you go, oh, that must be this. Yeah. Oh, where do they put the subject? It's 50 kuna well spent, I think. It's 50, yes, 100%. 100%. 50 kuna well spent. Mm. And I, I, felt, I thought that was really interesting, this sort of, hey, I'm, I'm with somebody where if I have a little think and a mumble about 
oh, they must be putting a subject near the object, and oh, look, this must be a past tense construction, and oh, you can see that Croatian has cases, da 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 da. And you talking to somebody who actually understands what you're on about, that's unusual, that's not always what happens, right? Like, do you have any friends where you feel like, well, if I start talking to you like that, you just wouldn't get it? Like, like zone you... out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I think so, yeah. I wonder, I, I often think that that can be quite demotivating. Like, I previously heard from listeners or people who've sent emails saying, none of my friends get this, none of my friends are into languages in the way that I am, and I feel quite sort of out there on a rock. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I think the internet helps with that as well because it makes it much easier to find, like, your people. You know what I mean? Mm. So, whereas perhaps before, like, if, especially, you know, the, the smaller the place that you live, the less likely perhaps it is that you'll find, A, someone that learns languages, but B, more specifically, someone that's learning the language that you're learning. Yeah. You know, or someone that is learning the language you're learning and at the stage that you're at. And... You know, now that's a lot easier with with the internet. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Exciting times. It's a sign of the times, like Harry Styles. And Prince. <laughs> but most importantly, Harry Styles. How important is it to you that your, <laughs> that your language buddy is learning the same language as you? I don't think it's that important. I don't think it has to be a, a sort of non-negotiable thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it could actually be, be very beneficial because that way, if you have a language buddy that you, you know, you kind of chat with and you're not learning the same language, you can kind of learn from each other. So it could be that you, you have a little chat and they say, oh yeah, in the language I'm learning, let's say Welsh, yeah. right, as an example, oh, they have this thing and they do this and they do that, or they have this word for this. Yeah. And then it might make you think, oh, I wonder if the language that I'm learning has a word for that. Or I wonder if, you know, they do things like that in... In, you know, in, in my language, how can I have a little look around? And, you know, so it could sort of open up these things. And also, you're then, like, essentially you're, you're teaching. And I think teaching is a great way to, to learn and to reinforce what you've learned. Mm -hmm. And so by, by doing things that way around, you know, by having a language buddy that is learning a different language to you, that can help you to, you know, you're explaining things to someone that, that doesn't necessarily know about what you're talking about. And so you're having to explain it more and more. And the more you explain it, the more you're like validating to yourself what it is and how it works. And the more that you, you learn about it yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then if they are into language learning, the difference is really they, they kind of care. Mm. Like if you're explaining something to even me about Guarani, even if it's, it's still language. interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or I've been... Do you, can you say, can I get my money back in Welsh? Uh, I've been trying to get Lindsay to say, can I get my money back in Welsh? Gaid. Gaid, yeah. Oh, you're closer. It's getting closer. Yeah. Gaid vim res an ool. Ool, oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah ool. Cool, cool. That was, and that, there was a lot of ool yesterday. Yeah. When I was trying to demo it. So Gaid was 100%. Yeah. Vim res. Vim res. An ool. An ool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like annul a marriage. Yes, annul a marriage. Yeah, my money That's back on this marriage. That was how I remembered. Gaig an ool. Gaig velich an ool. Gaig vimres. Vimres an ool. Yeah. Can I get the rest annulled? Yeah. <laughs> so these these kind of things, I really I really love that. And mm. it's like, yeah, you, I, I was trying to get you to teach me something in Guarani, mm -hmm. and it completely... It's it's interesting. The sounds are so different. Yeah, it's hard to even catch on to where the letters are, might be when you're hearing it. Sort of, what does that look like when it's written down? So good, good fun, good fun. I agree. I think you don't need to be learning the same language. I think you could still get together as well and sort of be accountable to each other if that's a structure that you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to just be, you know about the language even I guess if you you know if you know someone especially if you're in in school or in, mm. in college university and you know someone that is you know you've got a friend and they're learning something completely different on a completely different course to you you could still meet up and say right Saturday mornings 10 a.m we're going to meet in the coffee shop for two hours and we're going to just work do revision whatever that mm. can still be 
useful in yes. that sense. So it doesn't even have to be language that you have in common. So yeah, I think just that that accountability in itself with with someone with a lang with a, well not with a language friend but with with a friend can mm. be can be very helpful. It's very different to to me. It's very different to having an exchange partner. Mm. Like a language exchange partner, there there is a difference, right? I sort of wrote down with a friend, you don't need to be learning the same language. An exchange partner tends to be either miles ahead of you in the same language or just a native speaker. Yeah. And it can be kind of scary to start talking to them. So it's good if you if you trust beforehand, if you're a little bit confident with them anyway. Or I find my good exchange partners are all people I already know. Yeah. All people I'm paying. <laughs> so So I don't have to feel awkward or embarrassed or anything like that but with with a buddy that there's no expectation not really mm. Mm. and you get entirely different things out of it from a study to an exchange partner you mean yeah different things yeah. yeah so i felt because when i thought about this the kind of relationship that we look for with people it's often the first thing that comes to your mind is an exchange partner or somebody who will help you like literally basically that's the tool thing, right? Yeah. How is this useful sort of question? I think this is a really... I'm, I'm glad you've said that because I think this is a really important thing and I'm sure that we've said this and we've discussed um, language study buddies mm -hmm. in the past. Yeah, the episode but with Jonathan. Yes, I think it probably was. And it's this idea that when you have a tutor, a teacher, a language exchange partner, a language study buddy, that you don't see them in the same way that you see your books. Mm -hmm. your audio courses, your notebooks, yeah. your websites, your apps, because they are tools, but, you know, all of those things are tools, but the people are actually people. Then they shouldn't be tools. <laughs> right? Even so if they're a different. tool. Even if they're a tool, what, like a not, like an idiot? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ah, so desperate to get that pun in there. Very clever. Very yes. clever. Thank you, thank you. They're not tools. But, yeah, I think that it's, it's important to remember that you know, they're still people. Mm -hmm. And so there's a different level of, uh, of, of, of accountability, essentially, and of, like, you know, respect, obviously, that, that comes with that. So yeah. it's not just a case of, oh, yeah, when I need them, I just call them up any time, day or night, and then if they try and call you, well, I'm asleep now. You know, you, yeah. have, to, you have to have that, that right balance, I think, to, to still know that, you know, they're not just there when you need them. It has to be a sort of two-way yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people go through different situations in life. People go through different different phases in life. So you also have, you know, you're for, you've got something that's forever changing, which your book just can't offer you. So there's something, there's something so precious and wonderful about relationships and connections. And that's what we chose as the topic for this year's women in language camp so i'm coming back to women in language camp because this i think even on a on this show we can we can only give you a, a tiny window but uh, connection friendship working have like having other people who support you in in whatever way in your language learning is to us we felt it's such an important topic it's such a valuable topic and it's actually something that at the Women in Language conference really came out as something that was very, very positively mentioned. So a lot of people sort of saying, I normally feel like nerd out on my own and I'm, I, I made these connections. So we decided to connection theme the event and I want to take five minutes or so to talk through the different talks that we're doing. So Women in Language Camp, different to the Women in Language large conference. Camp, still virtual, no actual tents, mm -hmm. but we've got three camp I camp, mean, camp leaders, camp counselors. You, Are you going to wear like a uniform? I don't Fatigues. Think so, I don't think so. I mean, you can watch from a tent if you want to, Indeed. as long as you've got Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi tent. You're golden. Glamping. But uh, yeah, Wi-Fi glamp. It is different to the to mm. the main event. For starters, this is one day event. Not, yes. Not four days like Women in Language. Mm -hmm. And this event, we there's just us three speaking. Yeah. Um, which we didn't and probably don't you know even in the future kind of at main um the sort of march women in language event yeah because it's so busy <laughs> yeah <laughs> organizing everything so so this is a chance 
to to kind of hear from us before it's kind of to set a note as well for this is you know like we're the organizers and it gives us a chance to connect with you guys and yeah. guys ladies i don't know i'm not buying into this whole guys thing but it's with you listeners and to everyone who's attending and kind of set like set the tone tell you what we're what's on our minds and perhaps that gives you a little sense then of well where we are heading with the conference mm. so there's no way we're not going to be talking about the big conference at the at camp mm. but the focus is different yeah the focus is community yeah connection and the sessions are longer the sessions are more action focused and we'll tell you a little bit more later about the language bf program so we're trying something really cool and new and Yes, but first, let me let me take a second and ask you about your session, because you'll be mm-hmm. talking about online connection. Not yes. how to set up a router, but how to set up a, a router <laughs> to the heart. <laughs> a route to the heart <laughs> of your language friends. So finding, maintaining a language-loving friendship online. Uh, I can't imagine life without the internet now and without online connections. It's We are half virtual almost, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, which is why... We felt that it needed its own, its own session mm-hmm. to, to kind of divide it into that way. Yeah. So I'll be talking about online, and then your talk next. Yes, I'll be talking, talking about, about offline. offline. Mm-hmm. So what sort of tips will you be sharing about online connections? Well, I couldn't possibly share now, could I? People need to come to Women in Language Camp <laughs> to find out. God, I mean, she's <laughs> PR trained. <Flipping. laughs> I mean, I I posted a blog post. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, I think, at the yeah. time of recording, super practical. Which was yeah about Instagram, and I think Instagram is one of those things more so than ever. I feel like people have moved past Facebook, at least I have. So like to the point, I by, by which I mean, let me explain. So I don't have like Facebook on my phone. I only check Facebook on a computer. Mm. I'm very practical with Facebook. You know, I use it for what I want to use it for. So I've like got it all filtered through, so I'm not seeing like pictures of like I'm having a baby and all of that kind of stuff coming up in your feed. Yeah, it's all babies and renovations. Right, yeah. No, none of that for me. Um, so just the useful stuff, like, as and when I want to do it on Facebook. But I feel like with Instagram, it was a lot harder to do that for a long time. And now there's a new one new feature in particular that's made it very easy. So we talk about that in the blog post as well. And also some some challenges that already exist and some ways that you can already get involved with language learning on Instagram. So that when you're on Instagram, which, you know, if you use Instagram, inevitably at some point you will be on the app on your phone and you'll probably be thinking like, oh, I should probably be learning that language right now. So this is to help you combat both of those, mm. <laughs> like two birds, one stone, yeah. and, and get that language in while you're on Instagram. So it's kind of making better use of the time that you spend on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we met online, yeah. We, we met Shannon online. Yeah. So really women in language is a is a product of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> product of our age, product of the internet. Yeah. Do you prefer to interact with groups or with indi- individuals online when it comes to your own sort of sharing your own language learning love? I think both. I think there's there's a benefit in both. Um I think with with groups like you know again Facebook groups are a good example of this where if you have, let's say, a question about resources, um, you know, there's much better chance of you getting the response that you need, the response that you want from asking in a Facebook group, mm-hmm. as opposed to just mm-hmm. sending your one friend or your one language study buddy a WhatsApp message, let's say. Yeah. But one-on-one, on the other hand, I think can be beneficial equally in the sense of like, okay, so I want to practice the language and, you know, you're not having to arrange between a whole group of people. Can you meet at this time? Can you meet at this time? What's mm-hmm. that in my time zone? Oh, I don't know. What time is it there now? You know, all of that. Yeah. You're not having to do any back and forth. It's just two people, you and someone else, and you can you can meet, you can arrange to chat, etc., yeah. etc. Et so I think both definitely have a place, and you can definitely benefit from both with uh, with online language connections. And video chat has made everything just so much more yeah, straightforward. Straightforward and also more um like real. Like I think mm. that before, you know, and if you don't have video chat, it's, I mean it's classic. It's the classic rule. Have you ever seen the TV show Catfish? No. Oh my goodness. No. It's I so think this good. week we have discovered there's maybe one TV show that we've both seen. <laughs> and that's probably the news. The news. <laughs> Catfish, I'll explain. It's an MTV show 
from America. And, uh, and basically, it's people, people write in to Neve and Max if they think they're being catfished online. Oh, okay, yes. AKA, if they think that they're talking to someone online that isn't who they say they are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first question they always ask is they say, and have you video chatted with this person? Ah. Right? So I think you're right. I think video chat, as well as making it easier, also makes it more personal, more yeah. real. And as well as that, like, there's a lot of expression yeah. that comes with the visuals of, of language. So, uh, so it helps for that as well, for sure. Yeah. And the, the worlds, you know, coming to the, coming to the offline part, which mm. will be... So, so for more tips more Instagram but more social media and also to to share your you know so your thoughts on what it's like to connect online these days and especially in language learning do come to women in language camp attend camp leader Lindsay's session who is not going to wear a uniform sadly whereas I'm gonna kick myself out <laughs> gonna erect a tent and um broadcast from the tent on the day with a fire outside maybe don't know yeah. gotta come to work it out Please don't put the fire in the tent, though. In the tent? No. No, no that, would be, that would be not good. Thank you. Not good. I might have just like a little gas stove on the side and just sort of make myself coffee every now and then. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. There is no way I'm setting my house on fire, listeners. So the, that's your session. And the URL of Women in Language is womeninlanguage.com. And that's where you need to go. And Women in Language Camp is on the 3rd of November. So if you want to see us, see me alive and not on fire... That's the place to go. If you want to chat to Lindsay, that's the place to go. So talking about offline, so I will give a slightly different angle on the theme of connecting. Or maybe, it, it's funny, right? Because for in a way, our worlds intersect so much when I was thinking about this. Meeting somebody online is more and more likely to become a, an in, in real life relationship these days. Than ever yeah. before. Yeah. But then when you have you you maybe you meet somebody in an evening class for when you're learning Russian together or Lord knows what language, or you might just bump into someone and you realise, oh my god, you're into language learning too. The way you stay in touch is, if nothing else, probably going to be WhatsApp. Very likely you will add them on Facebook or you will follow them on Instagram. So we, we let a lot of we, we add a lot of offline people to our online world, but we also meet the online people offline and it's really intersecting now so i was thinking about the the offline world and the kind of where the places of that you know like the the IRL in real life language learning friends and is there any place for it when you can just you know switch your switch skype on and video chat with somebody and to me, one of the things that I really noticed is that, you know, like the popularity of what we're experiencing this weekend, the Polyglot Conference, there is, there is something to be gained. There is just something that we cannot, almost cannot replicate. I think Women in Language did a great job, not replicating, but giving the similar excitement. But the buzz of, what, 100, 200 people in the same room, maybe even 15, five people in the same room, who are all excited about the same thing that's that's different right so i'll be talking about meetups and groups do you have any experience with sort of meeting up with fellow language learners or anything like that yes mm. when i was in my final year of my degree with spanish um and i went to like a local meetup for spanish which mm. was a monthly thing and that was pretty pretty good pretty helpful it's a nice chance to just speak in like regular conversation in Spanish you know so so yeah you get practice with many different people and many different accents in a relatively short time so it's it's well it's it's preparation right for if you were traveling there or something like that yeah absolutely Mm. and then there's the added I think there is a I don't know if this is because I'm extroverted I get so much energy out of being in a room with people hang on that is exactly because I'm extroverted but I, I do, I find it incredibly motivating. I've, I come away from it so inspired. But do you feel the same when you go to an event and there's people there and you come away and you go, oh man, I've got 15 new ideas and I'm, I'm so lit up right now. Yeah, it's inspiring Like when you learn all the new stuff and you kind of like, oh, 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 this is exciting, this is exciting. Mm-hmm. But then I need to come away from it and go, okay, let's just process all of that stuff. There's a lot of information there. What? 
is the most important? What do I need to do first? All of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you feel like you come away with like a to-do list? Yeah. Really? At an event like the Polyglot Conference or the Polyglot Gathering or Langfest, those kind of things, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this it's, and it's, it can be challenging, right, to, to enter a room full of people. Um, Shannon is talking, is actually leading the third session at Women in Language Camp. So we'll have the online connections, got the offline connections. So in our third talk at Women in Language Camp, we have got our third organiser, Shannon, who will be talking about overcoming shyness. Yeah. Yeah. And we, have you heard people report, I've often had people confess, or it's not really a confession, it's nothing to be embarrassed about in my mind, but people say, I get nervous walking into a room full of people. Mm. Yeah. Have, have you had people sort of say this, or is it a feeling that you can relate to? Yeah, I think, mm. I think everyone can yeah. relate to this at, at some point. You know, there's different rooms and different people in the room and, you know, all of these things. At various points, we all kind of experience this. So I think even if you feel like, oh, I'm not shy or I'm not introverted or anything like that, I think there's there's still something we can all take away from from Shannon's talk as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I get nervous. Mm. I definitely, not not crazy amounts, but sort of if it's a new environment I've never been in before, I don't know what it's like, um, and somebody greets you sort of and you're there for the first time, you feel like everybody's looking... You feel like an idiot, right? <laughs> no matter what it is, it's just standing there. Why are you stood there? Yeah. Why are you sat there? It's just, yeah, no, it's your your mind can play all sorts of tricks. Um, and shyness is is something that we language learners tend to need, tend to challenge ourselves to to overcome to a certain extent. We have to. So that will be kind of the third part, and hopefully lead on very nicely from my my session, which is all about meetups and getting together with people in real life and basically getting out the house where all the strangers are. <laughs> <laughs> it should be fun. So Women in Language Camp, like we said, 3rd of November, we are organising a Language BF for the Day programme. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So as part of the, you know, the theme of connection and community, we wanted a way for you to, to, to connect with with one person in particular and so you could have like almost like an ally throughout the event and hopefully after as well um so the language bff bf not bff we call it bf and bff the language bf your best friend is um is really sorry bfftd bftd best friend for the day oh okay officially we're calling them that but they could become your bff best friend forever best friend forever you never know you never know so the language bf is when you join when you get your ticket for women in language camp mm -hmm. you will have access to the survey and this is if you join before the 31st of october yeah we'll important. be we'll be matching people up after then before the main event on november 3rd yeah. um so if you join before 31st of october you'll have access to this and you'll be able to submit if you just answer a few questions about yourself the languages that you're learning your native language what else you're interested in those kind of things mm. your time zone your time zone <laughs> yes yeah and uh, and this will help us to pair you up with another attendee of women in language that you can then you know chat with and connect with outside of the event as well and during the event as well so hopefully you'll spot them in the chat boxes of each session and maybe you'll see them over in the Facebook group and hopefully you'll connect with them further afield and you know kind of just beyond women in language yeah. camp really you can direct message each other you can really it's there's there's no limits and we don't make we don't make any rules for how you connect with them but hopefully this gives you just a little bit of a starter of somebody to connect with who has something in common with you the Language BF for the Day program is also, it, it applies whether you can make it on the day or not. Uh, so in the survey, you're able to indicate whether you, whether you can make it on the 3rd of November. I've had a few questions about this, so don't worry. If you can't make it, I'll try and match you up or we'll try and match you up accordingly. And you will still be able to perhaps have a little catch-up party, you know, meet up next week after and just kind of chat with them online and say oh what do you make of this session what did you make of this session we have a three-month planner included so working through that together with a buddy keeping each other accountable might be a really fun way of moving forward um, for those of you who can't make it on the 3rd of November and you are interested in women in language camp 
I understand. It's a it's an awesome event, and the other great thing about it being online means that we are able to provide you with the recordings. So as provided, you buy your ticket before the event takes place, which is the third of November. You will be able to access the recordings for life. R F F recordings for forever. <laughs> So they're included in the price. However, we don't really sell them after the event. We've got no plans to do that at this point in time, which means you can't just rock up on the 5th of November and buy your ticket then because it'll be gone and it'll all be over. So when it's gone, it's gone. Make sure you get your tickets and that's from womeninlanguage.com. That's it really from us in the in the building, in in the in the recording zone that we sort of set up in our little Airbnb in Ljubljana and for the other half of the podcast I'm going to be bringing you live voices just people I bump into and I'll ask them about their language learning buddies and language learning friends and how important friendship is to them in this endeavor and I'd love to hear from you guys I keep I still say guys I really do so I'd love to hear from you listeners guys do leave us a comment, write in, and as always, you can reach the podcast either by emailing me, that's Kirsten, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, and my name is spelled K-E-R-S-T-I-N, or you can go on Twitter, where we are at The Fluent Show, or use the hashtag, hashtag The Fluent Show, on Instagram. So lots and lots of ways of connecting with us, and hopefully we'll see you later at the Polyglot Conference. Yeah, Bye. see you there. Bye. So we have reached day one, the morning, the exciting morning of the Polyglot Conference here in lovely Ljubljana. What a wonderful place. What a nice place. And I found my first person I want to talk to about this topic that Lindsay and I have been discussing, which was friendship, connections, sort of making language learning buddies, like study buddies, exchange partners, all this stuff. And I have found the very generous Katie Harris from joyoflanguages.com. Com. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah, I'm the only person who has a dot com dot UK, right? So, um, how British of you. I know, how very British of me. So, Katie, how does connection with other people show up in your language learning? What's your routine like? Do you have sort of set times with other people? Or do you just check in? How does it work for you? So, for me, I don't have set times with other people, but just having other people around and recently being part of the language learning community online, just kind of knowing that they're there mm -hmm. makes a huge difference to me. I think knowing that I'm, I'm part of a community of people who love languages, so maybe it might be just going on Instagram for a few minutes and, um, you know, like, oh, what's Kirsten doing to learn Welsh this week? Or um, just, I think, being surrounded by it and seeing how other people are doing it is, is really motivating and it can give me ideas or even if it doesn't really change anything concrete it makes me it makes it feel more more worth doing because it's an activity that I'm sharing with other people it's I think it, if you can make anything a social activity then it's always you know that increases your motivation and it's always more fun yeah how where do you connect with people you mentioned Instagram and that's it, it, I find Instagram quite quite a good one for language learners because it's visual and yeah. so we can you know take a shot of our materials or do like a little video but is there is there anywhere else is or is, is online the main place yeah definitely online but loads of different channels via emails as well so mm -hmm. having um gotten to know people in the language learning community and then you know, we might speak via emails Facebook sometimes, um, Twitter as well. Mm. Um, what about in real life? So in real life, this has been a more recent thing for me. But uh, so I, at the polyglot gatherings or the polyglot conferences, mm. um, I've just started going to them this year, and that's been amazing. So. Yeah. How does what? Why is it that it works for you? What is it about an, a, an event like the polyglot gathering? It's nice because there is a difference. I think it's lovely to have the support of the community of you know feeling like you've got a group of language learning friends online cheering cheering each other on but to meet people in in person it's just it's so much nicer so mm. it's nice to be able to do that I think yes so events for sure and especially these are such designated events right yeah definitely yeah mm. but I mean even online 
events as well I think that's different because it's a space so for example like what you're doing with women in languages it's a space where everybody says okay let's get together for a day and let, let's help each other learn languages let's swap ideas if I want a career in languages I can speak to somebody who's already done it and but it's nice to have that designated day that everybody gets together and chats together it's a bit more organized and I think that works quite well how would it feel if you didn't have all that how, how would your language learning be different Uh, to be honest, I don't think I would have learned as much because I think you tend to do what you see people around you doing all the time. So at, at home, I'm a freak who spends all of the time learning languages. And I think I probably wouldn't dedicate as much time to learning languages or, or work as hard at it if I didn't have people to share it with. Mm. Mm. Are there language learning folks that you see every day or every week that share your love of languages? In real life or online? In real life. So I have naturally, I'm really, really lucky where I am because I have, I don't know why, there's quite a big French community in, in Milan. Um, and I, I used to live with a couple of French guys. So I ended up um, making friends with less French people in Milan. And that's nice because I'm naturally surrounded by people who are who speak at least three languages. So even if they're not into it as a hobby, they're definitely still still into learning languages. So that's... That's nice. That's helpful. But I must admit, it's not the same. I get something different from teaming up with people who are getting online and sharing their experiences with other people and, and people who, who learn languages as a hobby. So your preference is online almost? I th it's not necessarily a preference. I think it's a necessity. Mm. I've just happened to, to find that support online. But I do like connecting with... Um, Yeah, I, I love getting together. I mean, I have I have um, a good friend who I, who I didn't meet online, a language learning friend I didn't meet online, mm -hmm. <laughs> the only one um, who is who learns languages as a hobby, and and that's lovely. And I think, as I mentioned before, it's nice to it's nice to connect with people in real life when you can. Yeah. But it's not always possible, unfortunately. Mm. What do you do together? We I mean, just normal stuff like we. Uh, eat dinner together we go to the pub together mm. um, unfortunately he, but I, I say in real life he, he doesn't live in Milan so he lives in Barcelona uh, <laughs> so I don't see him that often yeah um, but it's still it's nice to share that passion with somebody um, that I know in real life as well but I think that's quite special it's quite rare so it's amazing to have the online community to, to be able to find people that way as mm. well And finally, any other thoughts or is there anything else that you want to say about languages collection, friendship? Yeah, I guess um, one thing that I haven't mentioned very much so far is the idea of, for me, a really, really important thing is making these connections with speakers, native speakers or people who are better than you that you can learn from that speak the language that you're learning. That's really, really essential for me because I get I get really bored with, with books and vocabulary lists and it if I know that I'm doing it to connect with people that I like. So, for example, if I'm learning Chinese, I use conversation exchange to meet um, a Chinese guy that I got on with mm. really well in Milan. So we met up to do language exchanges. Cool. And I also online doing lessons or meeting exchange partners and just having the idea that I'm doing this to have a conversation with a person that I like. Mm. Uh, like That really gives me a lot of motivation to learn the language. So that's one of the first things that I try and do when I start learning a language is to find people that I like mm. so that I'm like, oh, I want to chat with this person. Mm. So that gives me a huge boost in motivation. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. <laughs> so I've got Irina and Ruslan and the two of you are friends. Um, well, we never did any studying together, but we talk about... Uh, what we do, we share our experiences. Like uh, when Irena started learning uh, Italian this year, she mentioned that and I was, you know, all years like, oh, what, do, what did you do? What are you doing now? Because she uh, became very quickly fluent in, in Italian. Uh, very impressive. I mentioned that in my talk at the gathering this year. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, she was on my slide, her picture, and I said, Here's, uh, because I, I, I wanted to make that point that you need Uh, to start practicing very quickly if you want to go to the conversational level. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what she did, and I, I used that. 
so we know about each other's uh, language uh, preferences or what we're working on right now. So we share those. Does Ruslan inspire you? Uh, certainly, in many ways. Uh, he has his own language business, and uh, uh, like we are colleagues in a way, like because he uh, he's an English coach, and uh, I teach Norwegian, so I uh, ask him a lot about tips and advice. And uh, yeah, I think I have a lot to learn from Ruslan. Oh, fabulous. And what about Irena? She inspire you? Yes, as I said, I, her experience in my talk, uh, and I really, you know, try to get in all the details. What exactly uh, did she do to learn Italian? Mm-hmm. And I also talk about that uh, in my webinars uh, with my students, and I, I use her as a good example of how the languages could be or should be learned. Yeah, you guys are quite. I don't know if it's unusual, but in all the conversations I've had with people about friendship and language learning, many people have said, I really get a lot out of the online community. And being friends in real life, how do you feel about the online versus the offline kind of community of language learners? I don't know. I don't participate in the online community that much. Like, I don't contribute to the online discussion. And uh... Well, actually, we, we have a small group. Yeah. Uh, we tend to, you know, spend lots of time together. We talk on, on Skype sometimes, yes, not mm, very often. Me and Ruslan, but like not like as a part of the community, I would say. Mm. So. I mean, don't always talk about languages. Our, our personal life, you know, travel, whatever topic, uh, you know. And I noticed that, you know, the first person I called from this event wasn't my wife, but Irena. <laughs> I shared. Oh. <laughs> I hope my wife is not going to listen to that. <laughs> no, because I knew that uh, Irena would be the person to call and share, you know, what her exciting thing I was, you know, mm-hmm. having at the time because... She would, she would need, she would know exactly like what, what what's going on because oh, she feels. she has yeah. the same experience. Do you have any tips for people who want to strike up a similar friendship, or maybe living somewhere and they feel like God, I don't know anybody who's into languages. I, you know, I wish I knew these people. I think that we're not language exchange partners, but that's a good start. Like I've encountered a lot of friends through that. Like we, you start off as a as tandems and then eventually develops into something else or you can simply come to these events like polyglot gathering or polyglot conference and uh, you can just strike up a conversation with someone and then you might become friends for life you never know do you have any additional thoughts anything extra you want to share thoughts about languages friendship and connecting with other people from my experience if you find a person it's not easy probably it might take you a while but uh, i think that this person exists and you just need to find someone uh, with who you can actually genuinely be friends, not just, you know, study language together. That That's very little, actually. And, you know, being close friends or, you know, having this friendship, sharing experiences will help you immensely to actually improve your language in the process. Mm, certainly, I agree. I mean, language exchange is a start. It doesn't always lead to friendship. And I think that... In- most of the cases that I've had, because I've learned many languages and I've had like maybe hundreds of language exchange partners, but only very few of them have actually become my friends. Yeah, it's a start. Mm. And then it's not a guarantee. No, definitely not. You should not have that expectation, but it might lead to that. Hi, I'm Gabriel. Um, I run the website Sprachelt in German, which is about language learning, and I'm a polyglot. I like learning languages, I speak around about six of them, and right now I'm learning Polish. Yeah. Cool. So, Gabriel, what would you say, what sort of role does friendship play and connecting with other people in your language learning? I think that's pretty much the only role, like the main role. I don't think there's anything else uh, that is important in language learning, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I learn languages because I want to connect to other people, mm-hmm. especially to native people, to native speakers in the languages that I'm learning. That's my biggest motivator. I want to learn their language. I want to be able to communicate with them in their native language. That can be pretty much anybody, people in my home city, in my home country, or if I go abroad, if I go traveling, uh, or if I stay for a longer period of time in in a certain country. Because, for instance, right now we're in Slovenia, and I feel a little bit uncomfortable that I don't speak the language. 
And this is always a motivator for me. If, if I know I'm going to a country for a longer period of time, obviously right now I, it's difficult for me to see the point if I'm only coming here for a few days. But if I know I'm going to spend longer time or if I have lots of friends from this area and they speak between each other this language, um, then that's, that's my motivation. I want to be able to connect with them. I want to be able to understand. There's nothing I hate more than hearing people around me speak a language that I don't understand. So that's, for me, the motivation to learn a language. Mm. And has it influenced your language choices to have friends who speak this language or that language that you don't understand? Um, yes and no. Mm -hmm. So I started learning Spanish in France by accident. It's, I, was, I stayed in Toulouse and I was on an Erasmus program. And uh, most of Erasmus students in Toulouse are from Spain. And uh, I actually went there to learn French, but I was mostly surrounded by Spanish people, so I started learning Spanish. I always wanted to learn Spanish, and I knew that I would learn it at some point, but this was, then suddenly it was relevant, and that's when I started to learning it. And that's, that's how usually it came by. Most of the time, it came accidental. People started, I, I wanted to go to a certain country, and um, then I wanted to learn a language. With French and with English, it was planned. I knew that I need to know English so that's why I forced myself to go to Australia to learn it same thing with French I said I need to learn French so I went to France to do the Erasmus program and then all the subsequent languages they ended up they came about by accident like mm. um, people around me speak Spanish I learned Spanish um, people around me spoke Hebrew I learned Hebrew that's how it was. And do you have uh, something like a study buddy or people that you connect with on a regular basis to actually talk about your language learning progress and things like that no I don't really do that I, I prefer to learn by myself or with natives and um, I see how this is working really well for some people and uh, for people that always need somebody to to learn with that are maybe a little bit more outgoing or more extroverted that would m probably make sense uh, but for me it doesn't really make sense I also when I was in university I studied most of the time by myself because it was much more efficient for me yes German efficiency <laughs> And um, yeah, so same with languages. I, I, I just think it makes more sense when I know what to do. I have my program, I'm doing it, and then I speak to natives uh, mm -hmm. to practice the language. So in a way, you're quite system systematic in, in how you approach this rather than finding inspiration. Yes, I'm very systematic. I have my program, I know what I need to do, and I just follow that, mm -hmm. that program. Are there people that inspire you to learn languages? So my, my motivation is always higher after events like this one. Mm -hmm. So now we're at the Polyglot Conference and I see people speaking about languages and uh, it will give me some more motivation since I'm learning Polish right now. I know that when I come back, I'm, I'm going to be more motivated. Unfortunately, it doesn't, it's not going to stay for a very long time. Usually maybe it stays for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I'm going to a language event and I'm actively learning a language. Mm -hmm. For the last two Polyglot gatherings, which were my first language events, I didn't actively learn a language back then. So I came back home, I was motivated, but it left me right away. Mm -hmm. Now I have a language I'm I'm studying so it the motivation will keep on going i think that's more of it like more the conglomerate of people it's not like there's this one person that that learns languages and then i really want to learn more languages it's more i'm surrounded by people that learn languages mm -hmm. and because other people learn languages I want to I want to do it as well and it's not like linked to a certain specific persona. No that makes sense. It's it's incredibly inspiring to be among a group of hundreds of people who are all into the same thing. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people who might have never attended an event like this who might not find themselves in a position where they can? They might be living somewhere really isolated. Do you have any tips for how they can find this type of community? So usually in like at least medium-sized cities, you will find something like on Facebook, on Meetup. If you don't, then there's always the possibility and most people don't get to this idea, but it's actually really simple. Having an own language event and you're just, I mean, usually you have at least one friend surrounding you who, who learns a language or likes learning a language. And then you just organize events and you either do that. You, you First, you ask all your friends that are learning languages to come and then you can just create a meetup group or a Facebook group and invite more people. So that works in, unless you work in some village, that's usually going to work because you, like, if there's at least 100,000 people in your city, you will find enough people that like learning languages. They like, you know, like learning languages. And if you really live in a secluded area, then you have to do it online. Then you have to 
join online events, uh, connect people online. Uh, so that's that all that also works. It's not as good as doing it in person. But most, there's very few, I, I don't know many people that like learning languages and they live in a really secluded area. It's usually, because usually people that live in a really secluded area, they, they don't, they don't, they're not in touch with other languages. So they don't develop the interest. It's more people that decide that lived in bigger areas or bigger cities before and then decide to live in a secluded area mm-hmm. uh, that might have that problem. But mm-hmm. you, so usually you will find enough people in your surroundings that you yeah. can host a meeting with. And if and if you don't find anything online, mm. yes. Well, if you don't find anything online, you can find women in language for sure, <laughs> and that's that's sort of there for you. Um, finally, just to wrap up, do you have any additional thoughts, any uh, extra comments, anything else you want to say about friendship, connection, and in the context of learning languages? Just highlight my point that for I think it's one of the main points. I mean, most. I, I was at the talk of Tim Keeley yesterday. He said the exact same thing. He was talking about language learning motivation and he said he learns languages to connect with people, to speak with people because he loves the reaction, especially of people that never ever met somebody learning their language. So he learned some super unique languages that barely anybody speaks in some region in Tibet or India or whatever. Nobody ever learned their language or those people have never met somebody that learned their language and he just loves their reaction. And um, all of this is just part of, of uh, why we learn languages. It's most people or many people or some people are motivated or think they're motivated because they need it for their job or they think it's cool or um, people say it's important to learn languages. But those are actually the factors that never lead to successful acquisition of a foreign language. It's, it's always reasons that most of the time it's reasons that have to do with other people mm-hmm. because basically... Most people learn a language to connect with other people. There are people that like to learn original literature. Um, that's a different reason, and that's a very valid reason as well. And many people learn successfully uh, mm-hmm. a language through this reason. But I think most of the time, the reason is to connect to other people. So that's why you should really focus on either finding natives of that language or finding people that like to learn languages as well and just learn with them or exchange thoughts with them. Thank you very much, Gabriel. My pleasure. Hello, hello. This is Kirsten from the editing room, also known as my little office here in England. I returned from the Polyglot Conference yesterday, uh, so I would have enough time to bring you guys all of the interviews that I recorded there. Unfortunately, only managed three because I was feeling a little bit under the weather for two of the days of the Polyglot Conference. But I must say, what a wonderful event. And my compliments go to the organizers, Richard Simcott and Alex Rawlings did a fantastic job. This is an impressive event and you might want to check it out. Now, if Polyglot events usually feel like they are happening far, far away from you, You may be in luck because the Polyglot Conference has just revealed its location for 2019, which is going to be on the other side of the globe in Fukuoka, Japan. (laughs) I hope I said that correctly. And who knows, we might meet in the land of cherry blossoms and script where I'm not even sure if it goes up or down. This has been the Fluent Show episode where everything was a little bit unusual. I hope you enjoyed it. And we did talk about friendship, of course, for a reason. So I want to remind you, do check out Women in Language. It's now happening this Saturday. You have mere days left to get your ticket. The Women in Language Camp is our one-day event dedicated to helping you connect with language learners, develop friendships like the ones you heard about, develop study-buddy relationships, or even start your own meetup online, offline. And we've got a special, special session from Shannon Kennedy, who is an expert on the topic of overcoming shyness. So don't be shy on that note. Come and join us. It's at womeninlanguage.com and that's also where you can get your tickets. We are running this amazing language BF for the day concept and you should sign up and complete the registration form by Wednesday, please. That's the 31st of October, if you can. So we will be able to match you in time with a language learning buddy. doesn't matter if you're going to be able to make it uh, on the 
Saturday. Or if you can't make it, we will try and match you accordingly so that you can find somebody to really hang out with when it's convenient for you, when it's convenient for them. And you can catch up and watch the videos together and learn together and work on that three-month planner we've got in store for you. It's all good stuff coming to you soon. I also want to give another thank you and a big shout out to our wonderful sponsors. That's Live Lingua, where you can get a free lesson whoop, in 11 languages. Just there's, there's, no, there's no catch. Just go for it, I guess. And that is at livelingua.com slash fluent. So plenty of good stuff to be had. As ever, you can reach The Fluent Show on Twitter at The Fluent Show. You can find me on Instagram where my handle is Kirsten underscore fluent. And you can email me and that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Now speak to you next week. Bye.